Coming up, the Ben Simmons return was triumphant for more than just one player. We take a look at key stats from the game against Utah and ask the question, has Ben Simmons fully reset the Brooklyn Nets season? We dive in next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, uh, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you'll find Doug Norrie. I'm Adam Marmick. We thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We are 100% free on all those great platforms. And, Doug, if you thought out there in Nets land that we were going to stop or come down from the buzz and high that is the return of Ben Simmons, you got another thing coming, baby, because we're asking the bold question. How big could his return impact this team over the last 36 games? It's been great, man. I mean, like just seeing just some of the reactions here, like we said on yesterday's podcast or probably in the bonus too, it just couldn't have come a better time for like literally everybody involved, right? The Nets are kind of just on this decline over the you know last 20 or so games. Simmons, the the sort of talk around Simmons has been reduced to zero, right? The expectations are all the way down to zero. Uh, many people have probably just looked at it as like sort of a sunk season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, understanding that like the Nets clearly need him in the mix to be really good, but just relying on that at this point is just a fool's errand for in terms of your emotional health. And so it really kind of dovetails perfectly into this comeback where, you know, and, you know, his agent had said this and the guys over at Nets Daily tweeted this at me today. And I appreciate it because he re- it was a reminder that they had said Simmons is um, – recovery took longer this time with the hopes that it would be like a full thing right it was right. going to be a, like fully healthy 100 percent able to go and it showed on the court i mean whatever happened during that time that he was gone that was legit probably the best he's ever looked at in a nets uniform right <laughs> and and even the time at the beginning of the season where he said he was fully healthy so i think it's not it's probably a little premature like we said to say that he saved the season but but it's butting up against that idea because we only because we saw if there can be any semblance of health here, he represents a massive game changer for the team. So we're going to talk about quotes from him, a couple from John Vaughn yep. as well, get into stats around the fits with certain players. We saw that impact immediately, a couple of key stats. And on the back end, I also want to reset to, to where we thought this team would be at the end of the year, assuming health for everybody. And Ben Simmons was among them because that will kind of dictate how we feel about the final 36, assuming he can be healthy. From uh, Ben Simmons in the post game here, listen, it, it's a lot of kind of standard stuff from him, as you would expect, but he told, uh, what did he say in terms of when he was getting ready to check back in the court? He came in with Royce O'Neal. I, I just love this. You know what time it is. <laughs> like Ben Simmons, as every high-level athlete, it doesn't matter if you're away from the game for 13 seconds or for 84 days like he was, healthy, stepping on the court, it's ball time. Like, I just love, I love that, that, that everyone, anyone comes in with that level of confidence after going through what he's gone through. Went on to mention things like, uh, was it a successful return when he was asked? We got the win. So, yes, I like that mentality as well. And then I want to hit this one. Uh, there's all, all these kind of other things, including awkward fall. I feel good. Just another hit. Uh, probable for Wednesday night's game with a knee contusion is Ben Simmons. Not really a concern there. He said, though, in terms of one other note, on his teammates. It's amazing because this is one of the best teams in terms of friendships. We don't have any egos in this team, just a bunch of friends that want to get better and compete, so I'm happy. 
listen, I don't want to overstate the the mental component of it for Ben Simmons, but that was well documented going back to Philadelphia. If you want to wait for him to be 100% healthy and then also looks like put him in an environment where, where everyone gets along and they're all pulling in the same direction and there's no expectations from superstars on the team, right, and what he needs to do, it does feel like, right, we're, we're, we're bumping right up against the best possible version of him getting back on the court for the Nets. And I'll go back to, I don't remember when this was, and I should have taken note of it. It doesn't actually, actually, never mind. It doesn't matter when it happened. It was early. It was a few months ago, though, where it was one of these like Nets cutaways during a game where their social team is interviewing, is interviewing players. And they're asking like these silly questions, right? Like, you know, these ones, these little, these little outtakes that they'll do where they'll ask the players questions, like, who's your favorite rapper? Like, you know, favorite Star Wars character, stuff like this. But there was one question and it always stuck with me. They asked the team, they said, if you had to throw a party, who on the team should throw it? And every single guy said Simmons, every guy. And I was thinking at the time, I was like, million, so. uh, well, yeah, but yeah. Okay. Good call. But, <laughs> that, but that wasn't, but that really wasn't the vibe. Right. I know. No, I know no, you're, no. you're, I know I'm you're trying to uh, like, but, um, and I remember thinking, oh, that's interesting. Right. Because yes, fans, you think you understand sort of the nature of relationships around players because you watch them on the court and hear them in some interviews, but, and, and you don't really get chances to, to get like a little behind the curtain and not like this was one, but there's, you can name anybody on the team, yeah, yeah. right? And and those guys didn't get huddled together and say, let's make Ben Simmons feel good. No, they all answered, like, honestly. And I thought in the moment, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, no matter what fans think about this or what podcasts say about this stuff, on, like, there is other – there are clearly other relationships that go on in the court. And it was so clear to me just from that very simple, stupid question mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, these guys really like Simmons a lot. They wouldn't right. answer it otherwise. Like, at least on a friendship, like, party level. And I don't know, that does mean something like that means something in terms of camaraderie. So I don't know. It always stuck with me after that. I kind of thought about the situation differently after I heard them all answer that. And for him to back it up with like this, this quote kind of just confirms that idea that, hey, for better or worse, it does seem like they all pretty much get along. And I don't know, you can make use of that during the season. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, in totality, right, regardless of personalities, when Kevin Durant's here and Kyrie Irving's here and James Harden here, different expectations. We want to go win a championship. When you come into a room of players, whether it's Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, what are we here to do? We're here to take, like, the next step in in, in our game. But, you know, we know the overarching. It's not championship or bust right now for everybody. You've got guys like Claxton, who's playing for a big contract. Cam Thomas coming on. Uh, Quickly on that side note, they, they did a thing for Mikhail Bridges where everyone tried to do his selling the three-pointer Selly. And when they got to, just in terms of we, not knowing personalities, it got to Cam Thomas and he goes, ah, no, nah, I, I couldn't even try it, man. I'd only mess it up. And Mikhail is watching. He goes, that is so Cam. Like, and to your point, like, yeah. like I, why would I, like, it means nothing to us. It makes it sound like Cam Thomas is, oh no, I wouldn't even try to do those kind of things. Maybe he's a, you know, a standoffish personality. But Mikhail's reaction tells you, right, this is what this guy is like behind the closed doors, in the locker room and away from the court. So hopefully it's the same energy, obviously, like you said, that you're getting from Ben Simmons. And yeah, listen, in terms of narratives, if Ben Simmons becomes representative of resetting the way this team is perceived for the for the back half of this season, that would be an achievement in and of itself because it felt like they were hitting an all-time low, at least from my perspective. Go ahead. And along that line, like the single greatest trade the Nets could make at the trade deadline is just having Simmons play and play good, like and play well. I, that is like that's it's not really a trade because you already have him on the books and the contract is still underwater for sure. You can make right? eighteen minutes. Eighteen minutes of basketball doesn't get you. You're not. We're not out of the contract hole yet. We're we're not there yet. If there's the promise of it, there's glimmer of hope here. There, we he needs to stay healthy. It's the whole key to the thing. 
Um, but sometimes you can just be set up to add to your team at a certain time by just guys who are already there that are going to return. And that is like sort of the case here. It's like they don't have to give any assets. They've already given the assets away for Simmons. Him returning and returning with any semblance of health here, even if it was like 25 minutes a game, which I thought was a good suggestion by you, um, which we could talk about. But um, it just represents the single biggest boost you can give the team. And now that it's, and I'll tell you right now, now we can't unsee it. I, unfortunately, the good news and bad news for that 18 minutes is like, it, it literally can't be unseen now because we saw it. We saw the promise. They blew the absolute doors off the jazz Yep. in like in the best they've looked all season. And now, man, it just has to maintain because uh, you gave everyone a taste. We got the taste of it. <laughs> I got a little, ta- I got a little taste of it. And now, and now I just want, now I just want that all the time. Now I just want more. You gave me a little pick. I'm a, I'm a child with a pixie stick. You gave me one. I want the whole box now coming up here in a second. We take a look at a couple of key stats coming out of that game that are very promising for the team overall. And then also fits. Why can potentially Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton work together? And could Cam Johnson be one of the key beneficiaries of number 10's return? We get into that in just one moment. Let you know that too that our partners at eBay Motors, the teams up with locked on fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd. You know this guy, the best in the business when it comes to fantasy, bringing you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Maybe you're prepping for the daily drafts, you're scouting the waiver wire. Every week, we're going to provi- go through and provide uh, some players that are guaranteed to fit with your roster. Take a look at Josh's picked out this week in eBay's guaranteed fantasy, guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. I heard the sumo. Uh, with Zach Levine and Patrick Williams both out, Williams is going to be out for extended time. Desumu has been in the starting lineup, which, as you know, over there in the fantasy world, uh, we can correlate those minutes one-to-one with production. Been really, really good. Time to snag him off the waiver wire. I think he's going to have, especially if Alex Caruso maybe gets traded, we're going to probably see a lot of minutes here for Io for the foreseeable future. Josh Hart, the Knicks, are going to be without Julius Randle for a long time with the dislocated shoulder. He got into the starting lineup. He was played like 40 minutes in his first game. He's uh, not not one for one with Randall, but it's just so versatile that and you know how the way Tibbs runs these lineups like this guy's going to play 40 minutes probably going forward. Jared Vanderbilt uh, also from the Lakers, someone to keep an eye on Lakers lineups seem to work a little bit better with late uh, with Vando in there. He's been playing a lot of minutes off the bench as well. LeBron sitting out as we speak uh, on this Tuesday night, too. So all uh, great picks here from Josh Lloyd, Lockdown Fantasy Basketball here to help you win your fantasy championship at eBay Motors. Those championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. Make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it with eBay guaranteed fits. Guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back. Plus the prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, so as we continue today's Locked on Nets episode, taking a look at the continued, hopeful, optimistic impact of Ben Simmons on this roster, we do, of course, remind you, head over to WeGotNets.com, pick up that free ebook. It's five stories in five days, all about some of the biggest moments in Nets franchise history. And when you sign up, you'll be in the loop on all the new exciting things that we're going to be doing over on WeGotNets.com. Grab your free five-day ebook today. Okay. The other thing that came out of this, so two key stats that came out of this, and Ben Simmons actually mentioned in his post game as well, uh, the cross matching that you get when you get him going in transition. So we talk about the pace of play and how it opens up shooters and the floor spacing. 
But when you have 21 three-pointers made in this game, when you have 41 assists in this game, which by far dominates what they've done this season, usually living at best in the, in the you know mid uh, sorry low 30s, 31, 32, kind of mid 20s on average, you can see those two categories of impact. But it's easy to correlate that just solely to the fact that Ben Simmons has the basketball in his hands. I think we not overlooked, but didn't get a chance to get to in the post game episode talking about how. For a team that has a lot of tier two, high tier two guys, getting them into better matchups in transition really matters to them being successful on that end. Yeah, we saw Royce O'Neal like sort of slip behind on a baseline cut on on a, on a it's sort of like a mini transition attempt. We saw Simmons hit uh, Cam Johnson for a three point uh, three wide open three point attempt. I think the and you know we talked about this on yesterday's pod, but I think we talked about it in the bonus episode. Maybe it was maybe it was in the, it's hard to remember, but. Uh, it's worth so much good here. content. We don't know when we're united. Yeah, it's worth, but it's worth repeating is that the understanding that these guys, if I, if we get out and run two, we are going to have chances at like the highest percentage shots that there are yeah. layups or wide open three pointers. Like right. in terms of effective field goal percentage, those are the two shots you want to take, right? Like you want to take a layup or a dunk first or be well then free throw. And then, and, and then basically uh, a wide open three pointer, you know, if you're, among these guys like Cam Johnson, right? Like Mikhail, like Cam. I mean, really all everybody. And so Simmons is just going to put you in situations to do that. If you can cross by, he said it in this post game. Also, he said, you know, I'm just, I am a fast break. Like right. when it's like, when I get the ball, it's a, and it can come off sounding cocky, but it's, it's just true. If you watch him play, he pushes the pace at every possible moment. Now he will back it up. He's not a threat to get to the rim every time. And he will back it out if, if nothing's there. But he really does want to push it every single time, makes, misses, everything. That's just going to set up really advantageous situations for a team that desperately needs them. Yeah. Like they need, they need to get, every team needs it. Some teams need it more. Some teams are happy to get you into the, into the half court and just pick you apart. Jokic wants to do that. Luka wants to do that. LeBron, right, right. Like they want to just like, if I get you in the half court, I'll figure something out. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but that's just not this, that's just not this team. And so, yeah, if you have a guy that's willing to do that every single time without fail, it just is, I mean, it is just like hitting the turbo button in a way that the Nets just haven't really had on the roster for basically since he got hurt. And I will repeat the one thing we said in the post game, which is like Ben Simmons doesn't want to be in the half court either. Right. So it's a double benefit. Oh, yeah, he right. doesn't want to be in the half court to start with. And then even without him, this team really doesn't thrive in the half court as well. Getting themselves in sets. We saw this even before Ben Simmons returned against Utah. When they get in the half court, a lot of times you're kind of saying, okay, you know, let's all kind of stagnate a little bit here. Let's have a hard time finding pockets for ourselves. Cam Thomas gets put into some really disadvantaged situations. And because he can take and make some really ugly shots, sometimes you look past it and say, oh, it was a bucket. But the process of getting there was a lot harder for them. The other thing you actually mentioned saying you know, easiest things. Well, layups are easy. No, wait, free throws. Guess what? Transition, when you get the ball out into guys' hands running ahead of you, it also makes it harder for defenders to be in front of you, preventing your, your attack at the basket. And that can lead to more free throws as well. So th there's, there is a three-tier process of how Ben Simmons makes life easier for everybody else. And then, of course, as we say, 21 made threes. Not every three-point shot is created equal. Contested threes are great when they go down. It's a lot easier when you're standing wide open and you get to set yourself and knock down these kinds of open looks. And remember, a guy who was struggling but has done very well for himself this season, Dorian Finney-Smith, not even available against the Jazz mm -hmm. in that last game. So that would have been probably another layer to that that would have looked that much better for them.
The, the other piece here for me then is... By the way, about- real quick too, yeah. uh, just on DFS before we move on because we'll talk about this other guy. Oh, yeah. He's a good... He's just a good pairing with Simmons too because you get like a little... You get a little... Especially if you're not playing with Claxton, you get a little more size on the interior while not giving back anything in terms of spacing because mm-hmm. you can shoot the three mm-hmm. so well. So you basically like sort of like cobble together one center between the two of them between their minutes, right? Like you can DFS can get down there and do some of the dirty work that like maybe Simmons doesn't totally want to do, which is just like bump bodies and just get onto like the other team's big guy. If you really need it to happen. So having them both play at the same time keeps, keeps DFS spaced and hopefully shooting, you know, well above average from beyond the arc, but also provides you, you know, secondary rim protection and just the ability to switch down, uh, like be the low man and be able to just absorb some of that contact. It's really important pairing for them. Actually. I think to have anyway, you, I think you're going to move on to another pairing here. Yeah. Uh, with the one other part that came out of this post game as well, I didn't take a lot of quotes from, from Jock Vaughn, but in terms of what were expectations, he said, as soon as it was said that he was cleared and going to be healthy, I expected the exact same player that we've had a guy that's going to push the pace for us and get back to the high energy, high octane. I like the use of octane in this one with this group. And he said he also impacts other people and made the note to remember that at the beginning of the year, Cameron Johnson wasn't playing. He he was dealing with his own injury as well. Then Ben Simmons goes down. So you don't get that real sample size with them. I actually think, and and man, I, I want to not be drawing at straws here, but I would so badly like to find out that the hamstring for Johnson has just kind of sapped him a little bit of some of his athleticism, some of the lift against the jazz. He looked as athletic and as spry as he has in a little bit. And on some of those cross matchups, especially on the perimeter, he was able to give the little head fake and then get and then get going towards the basket. It's different because the matchup is different. I, I would love to see these guys play together over the next handful of games because I actually think it opens up stuff for him as well. Yeah, I, I think it really just opens up everybody to, to, to repeat for the umpteenth time here. It's just true. Like Simmons just unlocks a lot of these other guys, right? They don't have to do certain things that they just weren't going to be great at anyway. Um, and with the ability to just like get slightly better by percentages, better shots, I think everyone's energy level just goes up, you know, commiserately or not um, requisitely. Like they just, it just, it, it's like the true, like rising tide raises all ships here with the tide being like Simmons just doing things that no one else can really do on the roster. And I know we're going to turn over to, to Nicholas Claxton to that fit. And then also resetting back to the start of the season, what were our expectations with Ben Simmons and, and how close to that can they get to here potentially over the back half of the season, just on, on Johnson as well. I think defensively Ben Simmons being back is a big difference here too. You know, we talk about all the offensive value, but remember Everybody has to play a little bit up on this roster. They're already not yeah. huge, and and if you can keep, if you can keep Cameron Johnson closer to the three, to the three matchup than to the four matchup or to the five matchup on switches and everything else, that I think makes his life a little bit easier in a different way than even Mikhail Bridges or Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith can switch in and play small ball five if you want him to. I think Johnson again. I, I want to drill down on it now, just in case I'm right. I think Johnson stands to be one of the biggest benefactors of Simmons' return if he stays healthy. That being the case. Uh, yeah. Let's get into that. No, no, I don't. Don't worry. I remember where we were. Uh, let's get into Nicholas Claxton as Doug will give us some key stats that suggest maybe these two guys can play together on the level of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. He'll explain in just one second. All right, before we get to that, I'll tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. It's the start of the new year. Every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team 
faster and you're going to like this one for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals. Makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is so easy on LinkedIn also. Uh, you get so many quality candidates. Uh, you can, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. For all you math whiz, that's one day, folks. Just to check the math on that one. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, might have the, not have the time and resources to hire. LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right. So as we wrap up today's locked on nets episode, talking about Ben Simmons, his impact and, and whether or not we think there can be other benefactors that, that maybe look a little bit harder on paper. Nicholas Claxton, uh, obviously you mentioned before about no DFS, man. Hey, no day run sharp, just in totality for this team, more big bodies are just better. Now it doesn't mean you're always going to be able to play these guys together. But Ken, as we referenced this, uh, I think in the bonus episode yesterday, can Ben Simmons play with Nicholas Claxton if we think about it on some Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving levels? So if you look at the Claxton-Simmons pairing over the course of their overall um, just time together, it is in the positive. But it, a lot of that is is because the KD and Kyrie minutes were like overwhelmingly positive. And when you take those two guys out, it's like overwhelmingly negative right. and, and which makes sense if you think about it. So like sometimes like sometimes the stats will back up the eye test on stuff like this. It's like, OK, well, one, you get two generational scores on the court. So hopefully that's going to help those two dudes desperately don't need anybody else around them except for like guys who can really play defense and protect the rim and maybe get on transition. Well, check and check on terms of Simmons and Claxton there. And then you just throw in like a, a three, like a Royce O'Neal or Joe Harris or whoever else was there, like one guy to space the floor. And you probably have enough firepower between the two of them. So the key for Simmons and Claxton, the problem early on in the season with Simmons and Claxton playing together is you you got a, a little bit of spacing. Let's say you have like Mikhail Bridges and Dinwiddie, right? Or like Cam Johnson or, or DFS or whatever. The problem is you don't have that at that point, don't have enough on ball creation to really get your offense moving in any real way. There's only so many DHOs you can run if you're if you're if Simmons isn't going to go to the rim. But now that Cam Thomas is playing more. If you have two guys that can score at three levels like Bridges and Cam are able to do and Cam is better at it from a natural talent standpoint and, and Bridges, we've seen him do it, right? He did it like for the whole back half of the last season after the trade. Right. It's not Katie and Kyrie, but it's whispers of why that did work, right? Mm -hmm. It's like get the balls in my hand, kind of get out of the way. Right, like, and you know, I can get into the mid range if I need to. If things bog down, I can get to the rim. I can, I can distribute at the last second if I need to. Like, the I do think there's a world where you can see those four play together with one with one spacer like him, uh, Johnson or DFS or something, somebody like that. You'll have plenty of defense for sure mm -hmm. at that point. You'll switch everything. And the defense has been a lot better lately, which yep. is, you know, so you, can... you go all the way back to switching everything with that group. And, yeah. and that's a nightmare for some teams. Like if you have, if you're switching Simmons and Claxton, like you're, that's going to be a problem for, for ball handlers and even getting to the rim. Now, all of a sudden, like I think in this conversely, how we said Simmons unlocks a lot of these guys, I think Cam Thomas unlocks the ability to play the other two bigs to get mm -hmm. those other two guys together. Yeah. Because you do have now a guy who has on ball juice that can kind of get his own shot. And that is desperately what those two guys, the other two big guys need. And so yeah. once you have that, I don't know, I can squint and see it for sure. We didn't see it last game. They 
purposely went one for one on Claxton and Simmons's minutes with they did not overlap for even a second. Simmons subbed in for Claxton. So, and I don't know if in the short term we really see it. It will be worth it to try, I think. Now with Cam Thomas, the caveat here is Cam Thomas has to be with the group. Like I, I don't want to. I'm not interested in seeing it with any other combination. No, and that's a part of whether you know short term, long term, rest of this season, right? You know you're going to have Ben Simmons here next year on the contract. You know you're going to have Cam Thomas, right? Mikhail Bridges. These guys are going to be here. So you know, I wonder if in the short term, just to your point, when will we see it? I think you can you can create those opportunities throughout the course of a game, right? You don't have to turn in the card one night and say we're starting Ben Simmons, Nicholas Claxton, Cam Thomas, Cam Johnson, and Mikhail Bridges, and say okay, we're going to go ahead and force this sample size right now. Yep. But if you tell me over the next five to ten games, we get a four minute burst here with the two of them sharing the floor and cam Thomas is on just to test the waters of it. Cause the other thing that's, that's benefited and I think is better now, uh, not, I think I know is better now than at the start of the season when be- before Ben Simmons went down, cam Thomas and Mikhail bridges are playing better together on the court as well. Yep. So as, as these different two man and three man combinations have gotten better or just identify ones that aren't going to work. Now you get to start to bring into the fold, this other element of Ben Simmons and hopefully it elevates everybody. That being the case, unless you have anything well, else, you well, want real to quick, well, last yeah. thought on that: they kind of just have to have that work. Like the the well, this is right. the other, like, other. If it's not going to work, then something else has to happen here in a hurry. This is the other caveat because at, if the, let's assume everyone's healthy and playing their best, like Thomas. Well, not, I, I I should even remove him. Simmons and Claxton are, are two of your top five best players, right? This has always been the th- the issue. It's like those guys are in the top five of your best players. They have to play together, so. You just have to try. You have to try to shoehorn it at some point, I think, because otherwise you're playing without one of your best guys, and that's just not a formula. With the understanding, these guys don't like naturally fit together. And just to pour, we'll pour at least a drop of cold water on it. Remember, late game situations, right? If it's Ben Simmons, they're going to try to hack him before they yeah. get into the penalty. If it's Claxton, do the same. If you have both of them on the court, then you're just kind of offering a free for all of opportunities, maybe to create problems, but. But if you think you can be successful through the first three and a half quarters, the idea is you're in such an advantageous situation that you can afford to mix and match as necessary down the stretch of games. The last thing that I wanted to rewind back to before we close out and the the Nets will pick up back on the court against Phoenix on Wednesday night is back at the start of the year, we gave they were at 37 and a half win total projection for the Brooklyn Nets. I think you said you would you would have said it closer to 39 and a half. You, You thought they could be a little bit better. I gosh, I want to say I said 42 and 40 was I thought their season record here. Obviously, they're miles away from that. Yep. But I, but you mentioned uh, me talking about the 18 minutes, you know, 18 to 20 something minutes for 36 straight games, fully healthy. I would take that right here and now rather than risk pushing towards 30 or 35 and having something happen. Do you think that this team can play like everybody understand? We're not holding either one of us to this after one game of Ben Simmons. But if he's healthy. Do you think that this team can can get back to playing a 500 above 500 basketball over these 36 games, right? Can we can we yes. squint and see a world where they win 20 22 games out of the final 36 in that realm? Uh, that's probably a little high, but I that's think like a, 20, a no, 22 and 14 is a bit much, but like 20 and 16 though. Yeah, I could see it. It's going to take a lot. They have two games against um, I, Philly, two games against Boston, right? They have a lot of big matchups here for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's not likely, but it's possible. And and the reason you kind of know it's possible is because one, they they already did it one time this season, right? right? Like this has been a horrible stretch. It's so far away that you can't even see it at this point. They did roll, they did roll off like a really good stretch of games. Then they hit Phoenix and and they beat them and then they rested against the Bucs, and it's been a total disaster basically since then. 
the reason you can kind of sometimes say that a team can do it is because when you've done it once, it becomes a lot easier to predict. Right. And if you just add more talent to your team, it makes it easier too. So I'll say, yes, it's possible. I would not bet on it being likely because I'm still very nervous about projecting out Simmons to play tons and tons of minutes here over the course of the season. Mm -hmm. Trade deadline will shift our opinions one way or the other around some of this also, uh, depending on what happens. But yes, I think it's possible. I don't necessarily know if it's probable, but I also maybe wouldn't even have said it was possible like a week ago. <laughs> so I, um, I think that's, from that standpoint, it's like a step, clearly a step in the right direction. As you say, uh, you know, November 6th, Ben Simmons final game, three, three and four through the first seven games, a lot of tough matchups early in the season for them. Obviously when they stop on December 13th, 13 and 10 record that, yeah. you know, in that run, they went 10 and six over a 16 right. game stretch. Listen, matchups are the matchups. You play who you play. Some of those teams were, were total garbage. I get it, but you showed you can do it. And that was even without Ben Simmons. So maybe that's another nice takeaway here that, Hey, this team did it without him. And you understand how important he can be to making this team successful on the court. We'll continue to look for that next opportunity Wednesday night against Phoenix. All right. Much appreciated everyone that's been uh, with us here. Make sure if you've been with us and you want to keep it on and getting stuff that's not on the podcast, we got nets.com. Grab that free nets ebook, five stories, one for every day of the week. Like, like you said yesterday, already people calling for more stories, which are going to come. So, but you can grab yours and everyone loves the word free. Go to we got nets.com. And of course, to do something too early or before you are ready or prepared, why it's what we refer to as getting out over your skis, but we're not doing that right now. Care of one Cambridge Dictionary. Oh, one of the all-time great poets. Oh, yeah. Wordsmith, even. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.